my name is Ananda Murari Das, and I am a transformative communications coach based out of Ypsilanti, Michigan. My name, Ananda Murari Das, is a name that was given to me by my guru, my spiritual teacher, when I lived as a monk for about five years in a monastery in Denver, Colorado. I'm originally from Arizona, where I was raised by two very supportive and loving parents. Uh, and when I was in the fifth grade, I decided that I wanted to start learning how to play the drums. Uh, and I bring this point up because it's this relationship with music that I feel has guided me on so much of what is now today in my life. I started learning the drums, taking music lessons, uh, and a part of that was when we were when I was being brought up, I was, I was raised in a Catholic family, and I remember going to church on Sunday and seeing the drummer and, you know, almost becoming absorbed in what the drummer was doing and uh, really connecting with this idea that through musical offerings, through musical service, we can connect with the divine and offer this really great service. And I became so attracted to that activity. So I started taking music lessons. I started joining the bands in school. Uh, music became a major part of who I, who I was. Uh, my dad always jokes that he had a guitar because he always wanted to play the guitar, but he never really did. And uh, part of that was because I stole his guitar and I started playing it myself. I... Uh, I accidentally came in possession of a Bob Dylan album. Uh, it was a strange album. It was Victoria's Secrets had, had done some kind of special with Bob Dylan, and they put out a, a, an album of, of some of his greatest hits. And I, I had this Victoria's Secrets Bob Dylan album, and simultaneously I had purchased a Bob Marley album. So it was with these two Bobs, uh, in my life that really started opening my eyes uh, to a world that creativity and music uh, and and the power that these that these creative forces had to not only speak to our human experience but to to speak to the longing of the soul and so in as my relationship with creativity with music and with the great artists uh, like Bob Marley, Bob Dylan, and, and so many others who, for the first time in my life, I felt were writing words that were connecting with me and connecting with my experience and even the vicarious experience of, of human society that, that I'd never experienced before. And hearing them speak uh, to these to these principles and, and, and momentous ideas, I became deeply inspired uh, to start writing and creating music myself. Uh, that led me on quite a journey, quite an existential journey. There was this feeling of I had been raised in a certain tradition. Uh, I had been raised in a, in a Christian family and, and I, you know, for many years I was playing the drums in the Catholic church and then we started going to a Christian church and I was playing drums in the Christian church and, and I felt such a deep connection playing music in these sacred places, uh, in a congregation of, of, 
of disciples and devotees of God trying to connect to the Lord. Uh, and simultaneously, I had this deep yearning uh, calling me into something that I was quite unfamiliar with. Uh, I felt that who I was needed to be expressed beyond just the constraints or, or perhaps the uh, template that I had been given, that I had, that I wanted to rather understand who I was outside of just the context of, you know, an American man uh, and a Christian family, so on and so forth. So through various experiences of reading different books, uh, through meeting various people, through studying different traditions and religions and, and paths and ideas of spirituality, I was taken on quite a journey of, of self-discovery. Uh, I felt like I had to start from scratch. I had to build up. Uh, there was this sense of needing to make my own path, although I look in hindsight and I see that the path had, had been laid before me and had been walked by so many great souls. Uh, out of, you know, in my good fortune that so many great souls have walked this path before me and that are continuing to walk this path as I continue to walk this path as well. When I got into college, I would consider myself agnostic. I had disconnected or disassociated the idea of religion, that I wanted something more than just a religion or a, a label that I would call myself, but I wanted to have some experience. And so I was getting those experiences in various ways, drugs, relationships, so many different things that I was doing in college. My freshman year, I was studying music at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff. And I was having uh, quite a strange day. It was just one of those meh days. And I had left a uh, guitar lesson that I had with my professor, and I was feeling quite lethargic, quite empathetic, or rather, um, I just wasn't so much, I, you know, I just, I wasn't so much alive at that moment. And there on the campus, right in front of the student center, uh, I saw two monks, two bald-headed, uh, strange-looking fellows, and they were sitting there with these strange-looking instruments and singing this strange song. And something inside of me said, ask if you can jam with those dudes. And so I went in and asked those dudes. I said, hey, can I come grab my djembe and jam with you guys? And they said, sure. So I ran to my dorm room. I ran back and I started playing with them as, as best as I could, playing along with the, the strange rhythms and and you know foreign types of, of of sounds that they were creating with these songs and afterwards we were speaking and the one of the monks he was wearing a bright orange saffron robe and he said to me he was asking me about my realization around life and what i was really after and i was saying you know i'm really into connecting with the spirit and and really trying to understand you know our our you know how we are the universe and we're connected to the universe and and he said something very profound to me he said yes he said just as uh, inconceivable is the supreme right to accommodate both the what we can conceive and what we can't conceive 
that is when we start on the path of self-realization to to not limit and put inside a box uh, our conception of God, uh, but to be open to actually the transcendent individuation and personal reality of the Supreme Absolute. And I didn't know exactly what he was saying, but it, it blew my mind. And so uh, from that point, I started to study a book called the Bhagavad Gita. And in reading the Bhagavad Gita, I found that I was connecting with bits of wisdom and knowledge that were written in this thousand-year-old book, bits of wisdom and knowledge that I had felt yet could not articulate, uh, knowledge that I had experienced but could not name. And all of a sudden, I began to see my life around me transform. Uh, it's to make a long story short, I became quite naturally immersed and attracted to the knowledge and the wisdom that was being shared in this book and as well in the meditations. I would, I would meet the monks on a regular basis and we would sing and we would chant mantras. We would chant uh, different mantras meant to, to bring our awareness into a space of service. And how can I be of service? Please engage me in your service. And, and being able to connect to that love supreme, that supreme personality of Godhead. Uh, after my sophomore year, in the midst of my sophomore year, I realized that I was uh, looking for something that, that, that wasn't being provided. I was trying to control and enjoy so much of my material situation. I had, you know, had everything that I thought I wanted. I was in this, you know, in a relationship with a very attractive, wonderful person. I had a job that, you know, I didn't have to work too hard, but I had enough money. I lived in a cool town. I had all these things. I had a cool band that I was playing with, all the while feeling deeply unsatisfied inside the heart. Uh, And all the while, seeing the contrast of the the profound fulfillment that I'd have of whatever attention I was giving to my spiritual practice that was just developing at that time in my life. So I made a decision. That decision was, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to do this for real. And so I essentially got rid of all my things. And uh, within a very quick decision in my life, I bought a bus ticket to Chicago from Arizona. And uh, 2 a.m. that next morning, I was on a bus uh, to Chicago where I was going to meet a group of monks who were traveling around the country teaching meditation. And I got in a van with them and I traveled for about three months uh, in what you can call a crash course. Um, I ended up doing that for about five years, not traveling, but I ended up settling in a monastery that was in Denver, Colorado, where I uh, lived and learned and taught and cooked and created relationships and connected with the purpose of my life. And that purpose is to serve and support and uplift others. Uh, the company, my company for coaching is called Whole Person whole person life. And it's called whole person because as I was nearing the end of my time as a monk, uh, I was speaking with my guru. We were driving 
home from a program that we had set up at a university. And I was speaking with him and sharing all the different things that were going on inside of me, all the thoughts that I had about what my future could look like. Here I was living as a monk and transitioning out of that life container, out of that container of being a monastic. And I was entering into a world where I was again going to be interfacing with uh, you know, a career with, uh, I was, you know, looking to get married and, and to have a family and all these things. And he said, so much of, of, of our life, uh, so many changes will come for us. And when we stay connected to our values, when we stay in alignment with our values, when we keep that clarity and the priority in its proper place, all of those challenges, obstacles, and shifts in life will make us a whole person. And so what I strive to do in my own life and in the lives of others is to help support, create the sacred container of integrity, create the sacred container of trust and intention so that as we all move through life in the various phases and chapters that that we go through, that we are doing so with integrity and a deep connection so that we can be attentive to life's invitations for us not to grow beyond ourselves into something bigger than ourselves, but rather uh, a bigger version of ourselves than we're used to. Having had again the opportunity to share this story, uh, I'm appreciating all of the various sequences that occurred in my life to give me the realizations in specific moments to bring me to where I am today, like the uh, breadcrumbs, so to speak, or cookie crumbs that that have led me to this moment, and that I see the trajectory could have been nothing other than this. And my biggest dream is to really continue living uh, with integrity, to live in, in, in integrity with what I say and what I do and how I treat the people in my life um, and to be able to live a life that is exemplary and supportive of others doing the same. In that, I'm deeply grateful to have had this opportunity to share my story with you all uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Thank you very much. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.